Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Wrestling Conversations. So today we have another uh, special interview for you guys. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I'm going to ask you to, to do a couple things for me again. So please um, leave the show a, a rating, leave a review that helps us out quite a bit. And also please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Um, also follow the podcast on, on X. You can find us at Pod W-R-E-S, convo c-o-n-v-o pod p-o-d um, give us a follow there we have like show updates on there as well just to stay in the loop for everything we've got going on but um, our interview today is with sanal lad so sanal is a youtube youtuber uh, podcaster she sent some writing so you can uh, follow her channel at sanal's life she does a lot of uh, new japan reviews there she also does a podcast that's called ace techers um, over at wrestle in Again, covering um, New Japan. So we talk about both of those projects. Um, also, how she got introduced to wrestling, how she started watching New Japan, uh, and so much more. So please give this conversation a listen. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Wrestling Conversations. Um, our guest today, Sonal Lad. Sonal, thanks for, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to other people who love professional wrestling. So I don't get to do it in my day-to-day life that often. And I've, I've talked to people that I've had on as guests before too, like that same thing. Like, this is fun for me because like, yeah, day-to-day, like, do I have friends that I have, you know, I have got one friend that grew up liking wrestling, but he doesn't watch it now. So I could send him something every once in a while. And he at least will, like, he at least gets it and will respond to it. Um, but like other friends and family, they all know that I like it. So they're supportive, but it's not like you can't really have in-depth conversations. It's, you know, they, they might have an idea like, Oh, the, I saw the rock came back last week or, you know, like whatever, that might be that type of thing that I hear, but, um, that's kind of about it. But yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I have one friend who watched it. I took him to see the Rev Pro show. So the big 11th anniversary, but he really just watches WWE, which is the one that I don't watch. So, like, we talk about it, and obviously, like, he'll catch me up on stuff there, and I'll catch him up on stuff. But, yeah, normally day-to-day, like you said, my family, they all know about it, and they're, like, supportive, but they're not going to sit down with me and speak about Okada's match for, like, 20 minutes. Right, right, right. No, yeah, I'm in the same boat, too, and I I talk to, like, you know, I'll talk to my wife about wrestling, and she she will watch it with me, and she's not, like, she's she's supportive, but... And she has learned a lot about it. But I, I wonder what she thinks sometimes. Like, oh, probably just her eyes probably glaze over after a bit. Because it's just like, I have no idea what you're what you're talking about here. But so, no, anyway, um, you mentioned the the RevPro show. I, I saw that you had a, a blog on your, not a blog, excuse me, a, a vlog on your YouTube channel about that show. How was it? Oh, it was so good. Honestly, like, I think I was one of the few people in London who attended the RevPro show, but didn't attend the AEW show. And that is just personal preference because I, I dabble in AEW especially now there's a lot of new japan guys who are there like jy aussie open and stuff but for me like someone who's always watched the uk independent scene especially rev pro because they have a partnership with new japan so as soon as they announced the um anniversary show i don't think i didn't know anyone on the card at that time because they hadn't announced anything but i knew i wanted to attend and then they said i think about a day or two before that the main event was going to be shingo versus osprey and that for any new japan fan is enough to buy the ticket so yeah it was phenomenal the copper box is a beautiful venue that's where the next new japan show next month's gonna be so yeah it was an amazing show and i i'm still like 
and I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of the opposite where I, I, I dabble in lots of different things. And then I feel like I'm always behind on everything because I try to watch so many different things. I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm actually, I've started watching that show. I'm only partway through it. Um, not because I didn't like it. It was just, I had some things on my end that have come up recently that have made it hard for me to catch up. So I'm behind on everything, but it's definitely on the, on the list of things to, to watch coming up. So you would definitely recommend that show. Definitely. There's especially for like, cause I don't know how much, like I know people in America are very known of like Osprey, uh, Shingo and all the New Japan names. But on that show, there were a lot of British names, which I don't know if people are too aware of and people that a lot of the people in the crowd and me included have been watching for years. So for me, the fact that like people like you were saying you're watching it, I like that because I like to know that people abroad are watching the UK talent that we have here. People who like, who will end up like Gabriel Kidd or Dan Maloney who end up in places like new japan yeah i think here you know again this is just me from probably people that i know on the internet or things like that too i think like i think there's definitely an audience for it here in the states i mean i I feel like it's definitely more than what it was probably like i mean you had like the boom pre nxt uk and stuff where maybe people were watching a little bit more then but i feel like now things are still like i think people are watching it I think I wish it was more because there's a lot of good stuff. And I, I enjoy that style of, of things too. And then you add in the New Japan guys that adds in another element. But um, something I, I should make more time for. It's just it's hard to hard to make it happen sometimes. But uh, I mean, definitely- you're doing well that you're dappling in loads. Like I said, I literally, I watch, I dabble in a bit of AW. I watch New Japan fully. But, you know, they say like life gets in the way. I remember there was one point where I was watching bits of aw all of new japan i was watching all of ddt all of tokyo joshi and all of noah and it and i can say this as a fan who i've been watching for years and i do content on it it can sometimes get too much and it's i think more people should be willing to go right it's okay to take a step back so i got rid of my wrestle universe subscription for a bit and i was like right let me take a break because i found that after i finish work all I seem to be doing is watching wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And then it just becomes, I don't know if you feel that, but when you watch something so intently, and because I was watching every single show and DDT and Tokyo Joshi's schedule is insane, like mental. I was just finding that I was watching it for the sake of watching it and it became draining. Yeah, I've had that in the last, um, gosh, probably two to three years, I feel like I felt that probably the most too, because I, I went to um, more school. So I had my, my undergrad, that was four years, I had more wrestling time then then I went to grad school after that for two years. And that's where things started, I think, to dip just because I was probably putting in between, I don't know, for just school at that point, I was probably putting in 60 hours a week with that. And it just like, I just couldn't, couldn't keep up. So I had to really be selective, but it was yet it was hard for me to kind of let go of those things that were like, okay, this is on my usual list of things to watch. And if I don't watch this and I'm not like caught up on it. So it was, and then after that, I started a new job where it's like, okay, like even though I had a little more time, but it's still like, yeah, a little bit more just tired when you get home and it's like, okay, you have other things to take care of the, the evenings go pretty quick. So it was, I think the last couple of years for me have been kind of ways like, okay, I can still watch and dabble in these things, but I have to let go of the fact that like, I can't, I can't watch as what I did before. It's just not, not possible. And that's, so I've learned to be okay with it. It's kind of a weird. Yeah. It's almost like at first you feel guilty, don't you? You're almost like, ah, cause especially for me watching DDT and Tokyo Joshi, I think I'd been watching that for a few years religiously. And I thought, oh, you know what? It's great. I'm watching not the big mainstream Japanese and then when Noah came out I was like oh this will introduce me to some new stuff but when you have that and then you realize like you said when you get back from work or even though I work from home when you finish work and clock off 
you can't spend like that entire evening watching wrestling and i guess we all have different loves so like everyone that follows me knows that i'm a massive k-pop fan that's my job as well and two such intense industries it's like trying to blend your loves and then still having a life and going out and doing things it can like wrestling is an all-encompassing like if you watch everything you could spend days on end just sitting at home watching it no definitely too that was a question i meant to ask you and i've asked other people i asked um who did I ask this to? I think I asked, uh, I had Wei Ting from Post Wrestling on recently too and Jeremy Lambert from from Fightful. And they I asked them this question too because it's like, and and they do that full-time, which there's not that many people out there that do that full-time. And, you know, because I think to a lot of people it's like like a dream job scenario. But for you, if like if you are a journalist for your, your day job, you're covering wrestling too, kind of how do you how do you balance that too? If you're trying to create things at work, but then you come home and that's like a hobby, but yet it's still probably work to some extent. How do you kind of balance that with just day-to-day life things? I mean, so that is the thing. So I, if you'd have spoken to me maybe two years ago, I would have been literally, I wrote for three different places. I was doing my YouTube channel and that was that was during the pandemic at the start so before I got my job so that was fine because I'm at that point I was working in retail and then the retail was all shut so I had so much time to be writing and then when I got my full journalism job which in itself is like a dream like I write about k-pop full-time that is my job I can earn money from it but it means that because I'm writing all day and I'm in front of my screen I couldn't have that same enthusiasm doing it and that's almost why people say to me because my youtube channel is just new japan and there's i think very few i might be the only person who only focuses on new japan and the reason that i managed to balance it and it doesn't become work in that sense is that i can pick what i do i know a lot of people say oh but if you cover wwe full-time or if you add um, AEW, then you're going to reach a much broader base. But then for me, that's like, but that's not what I'm passionate about. So I have this. Um, I do a podcast two weeks. I'm on social media. And while now at this moment in time, I'm not writing anything for wrestling, because I can still do this. It means that I have time. And I think as you get older, you almost have to admit at one point, like, this is becoming too much. This is becoming too much like hard work and not enjoyable. And then you've got to find ways to go about it, to bring it back and still make it fun, but obviously while still growing. And then that's why I like things like this, where I get to speak to other people because I get to do it in a way that I'm not just sat by myself writing or editing and things. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've thought like doing things with like writing before I've tried a couple of things and I'm like, this is definitely like the, the thing for me too, if I can talk to somebody else about things like for me, that's what I felt like. And everyone's got a different perspective on that too. But um, I always find that fascinating too, because I'm totally doing this like on my own. There's not anyone that helps me with this. It's just hundred percent just me, which yeah, again, I'm just kind of covering what I want to do, which is it's nice because I think most people, even if this is just for me, this is strictly just a hobby. Um, I wanted to, I want it to grow and all those things too, but it, it is like for fun. And the, the day that it's not fun for me is the day that I will, will stop doing it. I mean, I also think the day that it stops becoming fun, people will realize you're not having fun. If you like my subscribers are going slowly because New Japan is not as big. There aren't as many people watching it. But I feel like that is growing organically because and people in the comments say you look like you enjoy speaking about what you're speaking about. And you're right, like one as soon as you 
don't find it fun or you don't do it, people will feel that. And they're not and they're not gonna wanna watch or listen to you if you they don't feel the passion coming from you. Yeah, especially when we're in the point where there's so many options, or even if it's not even things for wrestling too, like people have access to I mean, just unlimited like content for for whatever the topic is. I mean, so it's like if you don't if you if that comes across like, oh, you're not super into what you're doing too, it's like that's a quick way for people to just, oh, I'm gonna, you know, move on to the next thing because they have they have all those options too. Un- unlimited options at this point but yeah like you said there's not too many people covering new japan strictly just new japan and that's something that i i really like too and i haven't been like a lifelong new japan fan it was probably like 2016 or so for me that i started watching um but before we like jump into that too what was your introduction to wrestling because i know that i i know i've talked to you about this before and i couldn't remember if it was i for some reason i don't think you were a lifelong fan but i don't know if i have that right yeah, no, I wasn't a lifelong fan. So I, I always joke on my YouTube videos how like the first thing I ever heard of wrestling was when I was at primary school. So this is when I was about 10. And there was a boy in my class who would kept going like, you can't see me. And at the time, I didn't know what he was talking about. I never had sports channels at home. So I didn't have any access to wrestling. Like, I don't think I even knew really what it was. And then about maybe, so, so I was really late bloomer to like, wrestling when I was probably about 2016 maybe 2015 my sister would watch um Total Divas so at the time it was on E and like that was just the channel we used to watch and so she started watching that and then I'd watch it with her so I knew some of the names I knew the Bella Twins Naomi and that and then she started watching wrestling and again I didn't watch it because that at that time wasn't me like I would always been like an anti-sports person, just never had interest in it. But I bought her tickets to see WWE when they came here. Unfortunately, she couldn't go because she had a a trip. So I went and I, I can literally, even though I think this was about 2016, maybe. I remember it being so those people like Tyler Breeze, the Usos, um, so that was there was a triple threat between Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. Um, Fandango was there. Darren Chris, like you know what? There were so many of the people maybe who aren't there now, and some who are massive stars. And for some reason, I was hooked. And then I still didn't have the sports channel, so I'd watch the highlights. And yeah, and then I became hooked on it. So I think yeah, that's how it started. Very very late, but I guess better late than never. And that's, I think, I mean, I feel like that is becoming more and more rare for people to, maybe not to, but I feel like from, from my experience to people that are wrestling fans, they liked as a kid, which then they, maybe, maybe they'd get out of it for a while, kind of like I did, and then kind of come back to it later. Um, But I feel like that's a pretty unique perspective where it's like, okay, I came into this later and I got hooked right there. What do you think it was about wrestling that really drew you in? Or maybe you didn't think that you'd ever like something like that. But what was, you You kind of remember what that point was? Like, okay, this is why I kind of like, I kind of fell in love with it right away, I, I guess, at that point. Um, it's hard because, again, I've never been a sports person. Nothing about sports has ever interested me. But I've always loved theatrics. I've always loved, like, movies, mm-hmm. theatre, and things like that. And for me, it was like watching a movie in front of you. And I think, as weird as it sounds, because at the time, I don't think it was the strongest... But I loved seeing badass women on the screen. Like, I was watching Total Divas, and I loved how, like, on one side, they were just normal people. 
but then they were going into the ring and performing and yeah i don't i don't know if there's anything else i think it was just going and and i guess it's similar with something once you witness it live that's when like everything happened that's when you realize wow and I think that's kind of happened. It's weird. I can't really point on something specific. Sure, like, sure. For wrestling, I mean, like for New Japan, there's like, and then we'll talk about it like probably later, I assume, but there, there were like key moments where I was like, yeah, that is why New Japan is for me. But wrestling in general, I just think it happened. It was like a slow burn. And then I saw it live and then I was like, okay, I get it now. I get the hype. Sure, sure. So you, you you became a WWE fan. How did so you mentioned New Japan? How did New Japan come into play at that point? Was that the next thing that you watched, or was there other promotions in between there? Or what what did that look like for you? So I was watching WWE pretty religiously. So I was watching everything. That was the time about two hundred five live. So I was obsessed with two hundred five. Yes. It sort of links into now. Like junior heavyweight wrestling is like my favorite. Um, and I knew a few people from like school and stuff. And I remember. I was in London studying at the time and someone went to me, oh, like in London, there are loads of independent wrestling ones and there are really big guys, like huge names like Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr., which obviously that was one thing. But at the time, somehow I'd been dabbling in some independent American shows. So I was watching like some bar wrestling and PWG and stuff. And I subscribed to Being the Elite. Sure, sure, okay. Which obviously all of that links in because Kenny, the books and all them were in New Japan at the time. And then I think, and it was, was it Wrestle Kingdom? So it was in 2018. It was, was it Kenny versus Jericho? I can't remember if that was, eight, that might have been, I think that was 19. No, 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 it was 18. It was 18 because then 19, that's when AEW started. So I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. that was that year, yeah. So, and I also knew a bit about Jericho from watching WWE. So I thought, ah, um, I was at home one day on January 4th and I was like, you know what, let me let me see because I think Wrestle Kingdom's on and people were telling me about it. And I knew Osprey had a fatal four-way match for the junior title. So that yes. was me watch it. Watched it, loved it. Didn't really do anything after that. Watched some of the new beginning shows, and that was, and for anyone who knows New Japan, that was a time where it was after Jay White had won the US title and he was feuding with Finley. And I say this, and like everyone was like, that was the feud that got me hooked into New Japan. I remember I instantly loved Jay White's persona at that time, the story with like obviously they were former dojo mates, and then after that, I was hooked, and then the first full thing I watched was that year's best of super junior mm-hmm. and then that was it that was I guess it. that was the rabbit hole to the first part of 2018 was that rabbit hole into new japan okay okay and I think that was my first wrestle kingdom as well I think I had I had watched I think some new japan I think dating back to 20 I think it was 2016 but I didn't get around to watching like full shows I'd watch like matches that I would come across things like that but I don't think I'd watched a full wrestle kingdom I think until that same, I think it was that same year, but yeah, that was a, that was a good show. And then you had a few good shows to follow up with that. That's for sure. Um, this is the next question. This is the, what I have that I always ask people that cover wrestling. Cause I always, I always wonder what is that moment where it's like, okay, I like this. I'm a fan of this. Um, what was the moment that you decided like, okay, I want to start covering wrestling in some capacity. What was that process like for you? I mean, I've also, I've trained as a journalist. I've always loved writing. And so when I was doing my journalism course, 
for my portfolio, I actually did a few wrestling pieces. So I did um, one of my big pieces was about women in wrestling. And for anyone who knows in the UK, there is an all women's promotion called Pro Wrestling Eve. And so I actually spoke to the owners for that piece. And so I realized, oh, I really like this. And then once I finished that and I was trying to find a job and I was doing things, I was like, there were places who were who followed me on social media and went, oh, we want to start writing about wrestling on your website. Would you be interested? And so I was like, okay, I've never really written about it, but it can't be like, I was doing my own blog at that time. Like out the WordPress, like it's probably getting like five views, but you know, it was just a way to for me to be able to write about it. So I thought, okay, why don't I try other platforms? So I guess over the years, I've probably written about about four or five different places and then it got to the pandemic and I guess the pandemic was a big thing for most people but like I said I worked in retail so I was stuck at home Mm -hmm. not doing anything so I watched a lot more and I guess when you're growing up so when I was at high school it was at a time where vloggers were huge and I remember I was like I'm gonna be a vlogger like it's gonna be great (laughs) but then as you get older you sort of realize yeah no one's actually gonna be interested in my life but then at the time I thought, well, if I'm watching New Japan, I've got nothing to lose. Why don't I do a channel about something that I like? So rather than the vloggers who follow their lives, make it about something. And so I did a video and it got a pretty decent response. So I just carried on doing it. And a few years later, here I still, like, I, I'm surprised I've lasted this long because I'm quite good at giving up on things. <laughs> but the fact I think it's been three years now, I think it's probably one of the longest things I've stuck to. And I feel like that's that's that says a lot too, because if people get to a, a channel or to a podcast, right? I think like the typical thing is you probably see five, I think for sure for podcasts, you probably see five episodes or less and then people, you know, call it quits because it is, you know, it's not it's not as easy as what people think it is or, or to make a video. That's probably even, um, from my experience, that's even harder. Um, but I think to have that opportunity, like, okay, I've made this for three years now too. And like you said, I think it's so important that, there are channels out there for New Japan too, for people that are, you know, whether they're, you know, from the West or just any English speaking channels. I think there's more, the more that we can have of those, the better too. So you definitely got to keep going, got to keep going with that. That's for sure. And I think the thing about being a content creator in general, especially on YouTube, there is a tendency for people, if they don't do well, or if they don't get thousands of subscribers within like a few months, for them to give up and go, ah, well, there's no point. But I sort of think that if you're going into it for the subscribers, for the fame, for the recognition, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like I have, I've been three years, I've got over 2,000. And while it's not reaching the high lengths of it, it's still, they're very, they're, the people who watch it are always so nice to me. And the fact that anyone's watching is a big thing for me. And I think once it becomes about getting views and getting subscribers, it's like we spoke about earlier. It takes the fun out of what you're doing. No, definitely. And I think like from from what I've seen of your of your videos too, it's like I feel like your videos do a good job of like you have these subscribers, but there's lots of people that subscribe that actually do watch where there's lots of, I think, people that do YouTube, right, where they have this amount of subscribers and they look and it's like, oh, I've got, you know, like then the views are not there too. So I think the people that follow you are are pretty faithful followers and like okay they do engage in what you put out there i'm not sure if you if you agree with that or not but from the outside that's kind of what it looks like yeah i mean it feels like there are people like, i see the same people in the comments which is nice and 
um i see yeah i've seen channels where they might have maybe like five six thousand subscribers but videos might only get 100 views and for me like while subscribe i don't subscribe to that many people so I understand, like, for me, I just go and search things. So if I see people viewing my videos, I don't mind if they don't hit subscribe because I know there'll be some people who follow subscribe to too many people anyway, so there's no point. So the fact that they're watching and interacting is more to me than them hitting subscribe. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think, like, so And at this point, I think the like the YouTube is, like, the, that's, like, one of the highest, you know, the, the platforms that gets the most engagement on things, too probably also harder to hold people there as well too so again it says a lot that if you've got people that are very engaged in what you do that if they click there okay that they're gonna you know higher chances that they're gonna stick around too um where did the so you i know you're, you've been doing podcasting as well how did the podcast come into play after because i think the youtube was first when did the podcast come into play for you so a funny thing so i think i did and like you said with podcast, i think i've done like two podcasts in the past i think when i was watching wwe mm-hmm. i i don't even know if i could find it right now but um, if anyone knows SP3, he does True Hill Heat. And so I have been on his channel so many times. He likes to joke that I'm like the unofficial guest whenever they have big New Japan shows. I'm always on there. Mm-hmm. And so um, WrestleIn is, a, most people probably know about WrestleIn. And Kiaran, he is in the UK, massive New Japan fan as well. And I remember he must have asked SP3 about if he knew anyone who wanted to do a podcast about New Japan. And SP3 asked me. Because obviously I'd been and he knows that I know my sure. thing. And then there's another guy from the UK called NK who also does his own stuff. And so I was like, this is interesting because I always found when I try to do this podcast by myself, it, you just talk at yourself. And while videos, it's fine because you can interact and you can be quite animated yeah. and stuff. I always found just recording weird because it was just like my voice for like 30, 40 minutes. And I almost don't know if I could do that because like you said, if you have a podcast, you kind of want it to be a good length. Right, yeah. But I was finding that I could only really do it for <coughs> 15, 20 minutes, which is the length of my videos. Sure. But this podcast, as soon as we started doing it, it's like, you know, when people just mesh together, like the chemistry of the four of us, but Kiaran doesn't do it now, so it's three of us. Mm-hmm. It just works perfectly. And yeah, I just like talking about it. It's always fun to try and decide like what the title's going to be and the weirdest and wackiest things. If you look, there are some weird titles. <laughs> I, I did notice that when I, when I've listened to some of your guys' episodes too. No, I think it's just like, I, I know I've said this like 10 different times, but I think the more that we have like, okay, new Japan specific content that's out there. I think that's, you know, definitely the better too. And that's something that's helped helps me keep up on things too, because I feel like for the podcast I listen to that, okay, they cover wrestling, but they don't cover New Japan. And if I don't have time to watch everything, it's super helpful, A, to hear people's thoughts. And just, I just like to hear other opinions like than other than my own, but also just keeping track of, okay, what's actually going on. So I think you guys have a good mix of, of that going on for sure too. Um, Yeah, I think that's the thing. Cause I know what I started doing my YouTubing and then this podcast what people would call the dark ages of New Japan, so the pandemic, it was when Evil won the title. And it's not, and I think people, and it's fair to admit that New Japan, especially with the rise of AW, is not as popular as it was five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And again, it could be easy to just say, right, well, because of that, there's no point doing content. Like I know with my videos, I always find the best videos are Wrestle Kingdom, because that's what all the casuals will watch. Yes. 
But it, again, like if you then do that and only do the big events, so maybe if you do Wrestle Kingdom, the G1, maybe Super Junior, and then King of Pro Wrestling, <clears throat> and I guess Dominion. Yeah, that's great. You'll pick up the views. But like you said, there will probably be more people who cannot watch like the Destruction shows or the Road to shows. And yeah, while you'll get views for the other ones, there will be people who will be very grateful to know, oh, what happened ahead of this? Or if you can't watch the whole G1, oh, there's a mid-tournament review. And that's the same with the podcast. We do it every two weeks. So we're always going to be covering whatever's happened, however busy or not busy it is. Yeah, I think that's helpful too because I, I think for me, like if I if I'm in the loop on uh, and New Japan's tough because there's so many like road to shows like for me too where it's like I those are the shows that I usually just don't get to like all the other shows like I don't just watch like the, the you know the the big and it's harder for you as well <clears throat> I know in America because the time difference it's like in the middle of the night like the morning I guess like yeah four yeah, a.m. so it's not really worth getting up and watching them. I think like yeah I I, I don't watch like <laughs> any any New Japan live. I, at this point because i just like i can't i just can't do it it's just even if it was a weekend i'm like i'm the person that is like if my sleep schedule is interrupted um I, I i just don't do very well so i'm like i tend to like you know on the days where i can watch i'll wake up right away start it and it's already done but then i can wake up and it's you know eight o'clock in the morning i can start it from there and yeah. things are good just try to avoid spoilers when i when i can that's always tough but i found it it's hard to stay up stay current on things when I can't watch live. So that's the one challenge I have with, with new Japan is, is that, is that time difference? But um, yeah, that can be, that can be a challenge. That can be a challenge. I find that it's a uh, new Japan is quite good for me. Obviously if I'm working, I can't do it, but for the UK, it's around nine o'clock. The show's between eight, um, the earliest, I guess is six and the latest is half 10 that it starts. So it's quite good. But even like in the UK, so DDT shows, they have afternoon shows that start at like 12, which is about 4am here. So yeah, I wasn't watching them. You were having to wake up. So yeah, it's hard because I, I always used to complain when I was watching WWE, like, oh, it's so hard. The shows are like in the middle of the morning. But then it's the same for American fans and New Japan. Yeah, it's, it's, and I kind of like the, um, like when they have shows in the, in the UK that I watch, like I love those because it's like a perfect time for me to watch something. If it's like a Saturday Sunday afternoon like they had they had all in it was middle of the day I was like for me that is perfect because I, I can just sit there I don't have to stay up late um so to me I'm, I I kind of like those afternoon shows when they go to the UK whether it's or if it's I don't watch a ton of WWE but if they've got a big show like over there I will I'll watch some of the pay-per-views and um I like those afternoon start times those are those are good I like those. Yeah, all in all was it all in two at Wembley oh, it was great so I just come back from London from the Red Pro show and I remember all the other shows that I've watched, I've had to be up at like 1am and it's awful. It's always on a Sunday when you've got to work. Yes. And this one, not only was it a bank holiday, but it started at six o'clock our time in the UK. And I was like, this is, this is, this is great. Yeah, that's nice. I can, I can deal with that. I can, I can deal with that for sure. And yeah, I'm, I now that, and I watch AEW, pre, I mean, pretty close. I, I do miss some shows here and there. So, I mean, I watch as close as I can to. Um, I would love when they would do Saturday pay-per-views, but then now with like collision on Saturday, and even it's still at a convenient time. They start at, they start at seven, my time generally, and well, pre-show probably six, but even those shows get to be so long or if it's like, if it's after 11 o'clock, I mean, I'm, I'm out. I am, I have to pause it. I'll, I'll watch this tomorrow. Even if it's the main event and I want to keep watching, sometimes I just like, I just can't, I can't do it. It just reminds me that when I had work next, I had to take half a day off and I was watching Forbidden Door 2. 
and it started at 1am our time so I I had like a few hours sleep I think about two hours sleep watch for Bindor it finished at like five which by the time my dad had got up for work <laughs> then I got two hours of sleep before do so then I had I did half a day work in the morning so I could do content in the afternoon so I went to bed at six and then got at eight for work and then worked until 12 and then finished at 12 and then recorded edited and posted my review and I was like that's days where I'm quite glad I work from home but it was only because it was the new Japan AEW show anything else Uh, I wouldn't but I was like I've got to do it yeah, I wouldn't be able to function with that, <laughs> with that, with that. I just, yeah, I think I need my sleep and some people can, can function a little bit better. And I, I'm like, I'm just, if I don't get my at least seven hours of sleep, I'm in trouble. So wrestling can interfere with that from time to time, but I try to not, try to not let it. Uh, well, before we, before we wrap things up, I want to get your thoughts, just like a general overall New Japan discussion. What are your thoughts on where things are at right now for New Japan? It's, it's, it's an odd one because I, I am a big critic of Gato, but I can also praise New Japan and that's what I try and focus on. And at the moment, d- despite the whole storyline we've got with Evil and Sonada going forward, um, I think they've done, we are getting to the point where New Japan are back where they were pre-pandemic. Now I know that we've had some issues, so <clears throat> Jay White left, Ozzy Oakland got signed. There's rumblings about Will Ospreay. And I know that a lot of Western fans, especially since a lot of AEW fans have tried to watch New Japan, a lot of them are like, oh, well, once Osprey goes or once the Guy Kokujins, once the foreigners go, then New Japan is going to be rubbish. But personally, I think that, and they've proved it, especially in the G1, that they are building up the new talent. So they can get rid of anyone at the top, even Okada. And like they did, they got rid of Omega, uh, Lost J, but they have found people to replace them. So I personally think at the moment, as long as Gato doesn't mess with us going into Wrestle Kingdom, I think New Japan is back strong and fighting just in a different way to maybe people like remember from like 2017, 2018. Yeah, I think the I think the, the, the comparisons to then is just almost not really fair to doesn't mean that I mean there's just a whole different landscape of what things look like. And yeah, I, I totally agree from and you're definitely following closer than I am at this point, mm-hmm. but they definitely are building up a lot of the young guys too that like you can kind of see what those next steps are going to be to those next people that you can plug into those programs and it's like okay like i feel i feel pretty good with where where things are at for the next you know probably 10 years i feel like with some of those people coming up yeah i mean it's it's again people so sonada is champion now and people are like oh his reign is a bit lackluster um, it's not as good as okada or naito but what we've got to remember is this is sonada's first title reign Nobody's first title reign is amazing. Naito's back when he was a Stardust genius, he had the worst first title reign. Really, Sonada, at his age and what he's trying to do, the position he's put himself at is amazing. In the G1, he was putting on great matches, but helping the younger talent rise. He, and I don't know if this, because this is what I watch. I feel like Western fans are too, they think about themselves too much. Oh, Sonada's not being impactful. Yet, if you go to, if you watch the New Japan shows closely, how loud the cheers are for Sonada. And while Western fans might not like the storylines or the champions, at the end of the day, the main profit that New Japan is getting are those shows that they're going to in Japan. The house shows, the road to shows. And Sonada and Just Five Guys are getting amazing reactions. Mm-hmm. 
So I think for me, um, especially when you've got fans who aren't as dedicated and just strictly on New Japan, there's a tendency for them to just think that New Japan should be about catering for storylines for everyone rather than realising, ah, but Sonada is a real crowd favourite. Putting the title on him is actually very good because we have some change. Also because wrestling fans always complain when Okada has the title, but then complain when he doesn't have the title and they put it on someone new. Yeah, you kind of kind of can't win there. And it's Sonata's always been someone that's been much more popular in Japan than than I mean, I'm gonna use the US because I think a lot of yeah. l- that's where a lot of those criticisms, like you said, could probably come from too, where yeah, if you were to stop and listen, people people love him there too. And that's I mean, that's the core of their of their business. So it's like why 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 wouldn't you do that if you've got somebody there that works? So yeah, I think I think you're right. I think people don't often take the time to step back. They just think of like this doesn't work for for me. But mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole other world out there that is, you know, so it makes sense to me. It it does. And I think it is it's it's harsh to say that Sonata doesn't deserve to be champion because he's not the champion, the big dramatic champion you expect. He's a hard worker. He has been he's been in the company for ten years, slowly started in LIJ, did tag champions, was working, and is now champion. He trained um under was it Muto or oh, I probably got this wrong, but he trained for ages, he travelled the world, he was in like he's one of the dark sheep they I think they say of New Japan like with Tai Chi and um Honma where they didn't actually come through the system. And yet he's and the fact that they are putting their trust in someone who didn't go through the system shows how much the people in the office respect Sonata. Yeah, that, that's a very good point too. Where oftentimes that's that's not always the case. You know, they they might have different views on how they treat somebody like that. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you too, and I don't know, and a lot of people put I think way too much stock in this too. Like we had the PWI 500 rankings come out recently, so a big topic has been okay. Where's Will Ospreay on that list? To me, I think people like, okay, that list is kind of a kayfabe list where there's, yeah. you know, like they, they have win-loss records. I mean, they have like obviously match quality in there, which again, he'd be at the top of the list for that too. What are your thoughts about him not being included on that list? In I guess in the, in the top 10. Um, I mean, I don't, because obviously I think most of them are WWE, aren't they? I think there's, I think it goes something like, gosh, I, um, I think it goes Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Moxley, I think yeah. that's Gunther. Then it's Vikingo, I think is next. I think there's Orange Cassidy's in there. Josh Alexander from Impact's on there. So mm. They've got a couple non-WWE guys, but it's mostly WWE guys this year. I mean, I get it, but I think, and I guess it's similar to Dave Meltzer's ratings, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. it's people's preference. Like, when I was talking about, like, when I, before Jay left, and I'd be like, my favorite wrestler's Jay White. And people are like, oh, but compared to, and it's like, at the end of the day, you're going to put your own preference into it. And there's always going to be some bias. So while I agree with you, like Will Ospreay should have been at the top, he's probably one of the hardest workers of New Japan this year. Some other people might have a bit more of a preference to WWE. And at the end of the day, I think it is to each person to their own. We all know how hard Ospreay works. Ospreay knows how hard Ospreay works. I think a list shouldn't really define someone's success in the year. Yeah. And I think it's, I just, I don't know. I just, people put way too much stock into that too, which I, I can understand why, like, okay, you'd want your favorites at the, at the top of the list, but it's like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, yeah. Like you said, I think it's, I think it's opinion. I think it's okay. 
what platform they're on to. Like you had Okada in that. I think he was number six or seven. But I think he was the only New Japan mm. representative at that point too. So I just want to get your input because there's I've heard a lot of stuff online about like, well, where's Osprey? Why isn't he on this list? It's, 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 it's at the end of the day, it's what the preference. Like there could be so many New Japan guys that I would be like, oh, they should be in the top. Like Master Wato, El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi. And someone would go to me and say, what? You're saying that they are at the level of the Okadas? But if you look at their journey and their presence in New Japan, for New Japan fans, they are that good. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah, I t- these lists are even like, sorry, Dave Meltzer, even the ratings. Because when you see it, you almost doubt yourself. Like, I know that Meltzer ranked matches amazing. I'm like, wait, but I didn't really like that match. Like, Kenny and um, Osprey at, was it Forbidden Door? Yes, yes. The second one. I, yeah. I wasn't a fan of it at all. I liked I preferred the, the first one. Exactly. Much, the much more. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing, but Meltzer was marking it high and I thought, is something wrong with me? I think this whole which is why I just do videos and I don't try and like stick like here is what I think because you get people like the PWI and Dave Meltzer who almost like you take their word as like God and it's like no, if you enjoyed it more than Meltzer, if you didn't enjoy it, then that's fine. Don't rank the quality of a match because one guy says it's that good. No, I yeah, I would I would agree. I would agree too. And it's like I think if anything else, it's like I think that like those lists of the ratings can be helpful for like, you know, if you okay, there's a match, a new match to check out that you haven't watched yet. Like, okay, and you might not agree with that, but at least gives you some indication. Or like the PWI, that's probably becoming less and less relevant at this point, but like in the past, I've looked through there and there's been wrestlers of like, oh, I haven't I haven't seen this person too much. Maybe I should go out of my way. That's kind of like, I think the value that I take from it. But uh, other than that too, it is just, I mean, it, it's, it's a fun conversation piece, but it's probably not much more than that, I think, at times. Yeah, I mean, if I was me, there's probably plenty of matches that I'd give like five stars to. And everyone's like, why would you give five stars? And I'd be like, <laughs> well, it's because it's got Tai Chi in it, you know? Right, Just because right, it's right. like a certain wrestler that I like. <laughs> which is why I, I always say that like as much as i'm a journalist i'd be a really rubbish serious journalist because bias would come into my perspective so often <laughs> no i would i would i would probably be the same way that's for sure but um well you've been very you've been very generous with your time today so before we get out of here please plug all your so whether it's a podcast youtube things for social media please let everybody know where they can find you yeah so um my youtube channel is sonal's life you can find me there i post Again, I'm not as consistent as others, so you might go like two videos in a week or maybe one in three weeks. Again, this is like, because it's obviously not a full-time thing, so you can find it there. But if you follow me on social media at wrestling underscore chat, you'll be like the first people to know when I post. And also follow Wrestle In, so we do Ace Techers every two weeks. So me, SP3 and NK, which is just basically, we'll talk about anything to do with New Japan. So yeah, they're the place you can find me. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not a professional content creator. Like, I won't be there like, oh, every Sunday at 8 o'clock, expect a video. But when you get a video, I promise you, like, I put my heart into it. And rather than, like, you know, the big theatrics that you see from some YouTube videos, you'll just basically see me just chatting like we're friends. And that's sort of, like, the aura that I want from my videos. Awesome. Yeah, and definitely keep up the um, – I know that you were not super comfortable with doing some of your – like when you were going to shows, like the travel, like vlogs. Those are t- – I've liked those, so do keep keep doing those. Okay, I'm going to see New Japan next month, so for Royal Quest 3, so I might, I might just do that. 
No, sounds good. You, you should definitely do that. Well, you have an open end of invitation anytime you want to come back on to talk New Japan or just give people some updates on what you're doing. Open invitation to, to come back on. But thank you so much for all the time you've, you've uh, given us today. Thank you for having me. Like I said, I love chatting with people about wrestling. And thank you for asking me all these questions because sometimes I feel like I just speak and speak, but then I don't really get to the core of where my love of wrestling comes from and things because I obviously just do whatever my topic is about. So it's always fun to chat more in depth about it. Yeah, definitely. That's what I like about doing these two is just, I think like sometimes I ask questions that people have heard a million times. Sometimes there's, I get some questions in there that people maybe haven't heard, but no matter what, I feel like I like seeing people and they kind of think about, okay, what's, what's their own journey been like? Cause we're always off to like the next thing and the next thing. I mean, that's at least kind of how I am. So I feel like I always like when people take a second to reflect on, um, what's gotten to the point they're at too. So again, anytime you want to do this again, let me know. We can, we can make it happen.